Hey everyone, no opening banter this week, but I did just want to put a little disclaimer up in front of the episode. Um, this is just a reminder that, you know, Scoting Stuff episodes, again, as much as we try to adhere to bylaws, policies, procedures, and other written documentation put forth by Scouts Canada or other scouting organizations when we're talking about them, at the end of the day, we are just a couple of voices on the internet speaking mainly out of our experience with scouting. And, you know, that's a fair, decent number of years of experience with scouting, both as youth, mem- youth members and then as scouters and uh, other ways of being involved with the program. But, you know, fundamentally, we are kind of putting forth our own opinions. And just wanted to preface this episode with that because, of course, we are discussing some changes to bylaws and policies and procedures and some other things that have gone on in Scouts Canada recently. And we don't necessarily express agreement with all of it. Um, so like I say, just want to put this little disclaimer out in front of the episode to remind all those listening that we are mainly speaking, you know, out of our experience as scouts and then as scouters rather than, um, just articulating Scouts Canada policy and, and bylaws here. We do refer to the material and I'll make sure there are links included in the show notes, but, uh, Fundamentally, we're kind of just talking off the cuff in this episode, so please enter into it with that in mind. Well, welcome back to another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know. This is, or I guess will be, will be episode 79 um i'll I'll take your your uh numbering assuming i I haven't lost the count i was trying not to lose the count yes but uh at any rate you've got two of us scott ken scott collins over there hello and uh this is good it's good to be recording (laughs) it's been been a couple yeah well and we don't know what life has in store for us wow you uh, apparently have some things on the go. <laughs> it's probably good that we do this now. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> at least get one more. Yeah. Belt. Well, because like I have to go to um, Bismarck, North Dakota next week. Well, spring break, okay. March 25th through yeah. 29th. I'll be there and I've reached out to a couple of scout groups in the area there. I've heard back from one. Oh, so nice. I'm going to see if I can like arrange to, you know, do a little bit of visiting. Yeah. Pop in on... I think there's like a tiger den meeting I think I can pop in on. Oh, nice. So that might be all right. Yeah. But, uh... Take the old uniform down. And yeah. Go for, and, uh, uh, go for a stool. Yeah, see if we've got more group crests and knickers. Nice. Start dipping into the new supply. Yeah. Ian only ordered like two or three hundred knickers and well. <laughs> 500 crests. So it might last us a couple of years. At the rate that I keep onboarding new beavers and cubs, though, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, how you been? Um, busy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Work has had, had me stressed. So, uh, I th- but I think the light's at the end of the tunnel. Well, that's good. So I'm, I'm happy about that. And we will see if, uh, if there is, uh, travel in my future because it, it might turn out to be that I'm on the road ah. uh, as well here in the not too distant future. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. 
I, uh, yeah, the last couple weeks for me have been pretty insane. Um, because like we, gosh, I don't need, had, had things gone down. So like, I'm trying to remember the last time we recorded, and this is obviously going to get published, um, way later. So actually this will probably get published after I get back from Bismarck, Hmm. but, uh, but just some of the stuff that's gone down. So like we had, we had one scouter in the cub pack. Um, his wife passed away very suddenly. Oh no. So that was awful. Yeah. Although kudos to the cub pack in general, uh, for like rallying around him. They, they did, um, they, 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 you know, like we were just kind of, I think it was, I think he came away from it realizing that he had, more friends than yeah. he maybe thought he did. More of a support network than maybe. Yeah. Cause like, I, I remember going over to like visit with him, uh, like the first night after we heard the news, or maybe the second night after we heard the news Yeah, and he was kind of mentioning that, you know, and I mean, this is actually true. I, I imagine this is true for a lot of relationships. It's mm. more or less true for, for <laughs> like, even in my relationship is that like, you know, if you look at the number of friends that we me and my wife have as a couple, mm-hmm. a lot more of them come from her side than my side, so mm-hmm. to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this scouter, you know, he was kind of, um, feeling the same way. He's like, you know, I mean, most of the circle of friends they have was really his wife's circle of friends that kind of became then their circle of friends. And he's mm-hmm. like, I, I have some, but like my, my circle is much smaller. Yeah. And so the, the rest of the cub pack scouters just really turned out for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, that was helpful to him. Mm. So that was good. Well, that's good. Uh, and then a couple of weeks after that, so this would have been last week, um, my daughter, um, Juliana. Mm-hmm. So the, the second, um, she, well, on Monday she didn't feel good. Well, she'd been complaining that her pants were too tight. Mm-hmm. She'd been complaining about this for months. And I mean, okay, kids grow, they outgrow yeah. their pants. Yeah. So we yeah. didn't really think yeah. anything weird of it. But then, um, so on Monday of last week, last week, yeah, well, no, I guess whatever. The point is like mo- th- that Monday, mm-hmm. she didn't feel good, but we'd had a cold going around. So again, didn't think much of it. Yeah. She had a bit of a fever. So she stayed home. Tuesday, she bounced back. She went to school. Wednesday, she was fine in the morning, went mm-hmm. to school, but then my wife went to their school for the Ash Wednesday service that they do at the school. school yeah. And as she got in there, <clears throat> the, uh, the ladies in the office flagged her down and it was just like, you know, we've got Juliana here and like, she's got chills and we were just about to call you actually. So, mm-hmm. uh, I ran to the school cause I had gone to Ash Wednesday service that morning and I had actually been working from home that day. So I ran to mm-hmm. the school. And I picked up Juliana, brought her back so Grace could still go to the service there mm-hmm. and just got her kind of set up and comfy on the couch. And she was starting to complain that like her, her lower abdomen hurt mm. on the right side. Oh, bad news bears. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we took her to the hospital mm-hmm. and although we had to wait around for several hours, um, they did eventually, you know, get her in and diagnose mm-hmm. her and do a bunch of tests and yeah, appendicitis. Oh, so she got to the stallery. Um, they 
they couldn't do the laparoscopic surgery. They actually had to open her up, oh. which sucks Yeah, uh, for her because yeah, 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 it yeah, means yeah. a longer recovery time. Yeah. But, you know, they got her in, they got her treated, and uh, <clears throat> she slept for the first two days after we got her home. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's kind of just been stronger on her feet ever since. So, like, she's bounced back a lot. And, I mean, like, in terms of yep. in terms of mood and everything, she's, like, totally 100% again. In terms of physical capability, yeah, maybe um, not there she's yet. not there yet at all. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, that's okay. Um, yeah. It's just been, you know, it's been quite the... Uh, Wow. Yeah. It's been yeah. quite a wild ride the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Wow. And so, uh, consequently I've, uh, I count it lucky that I've even been able to find enough time to like push out a scouting five episode here and there. Well, yeah, no, no one would vault you. Uh, otherwise just given the, given the gravity of the, uh, the occasions that are going on here. Yeah. It was, it, it's been nutty. Yeah. No doubt. Um, makes makes me seem or makes my uh my issues pale in comparison you know <laughs> well i mean like oh and you know you know it was kind of a thing too is that um <clears throat> so we so we went to this was last weekend last weekend mm-hmm. the uh no was this already two weekend yeah no this was last weekend never mind i'm all mixed up um last weekend was the beaver hills vehicle rally right and so of course I would have had three kids racing, two yep. cubs and the beaver. Yeah. Um, Juliana, obviously having just gotten home from the hospital that yeah, day, was, was not going to be going to the races. Yeah, so Ella, the older yeah. cub, in a uh, in a gesture of solidarity, decided that she wasn't going to go to the races either. So they sat oh, it out. Okay. The beaver was just like, no, we're going. Like, let's go. Yeah. Because um, she wanted to race her beaver buggy, and granted, she has a pretty fast beaver buggy, so she did really well. But. Uh, one thing that was kind of funny was that Juliana was not, she was not worried so much or she was not upset so much about missing the races, mm-hmm. but she really likes the hamburgers they cook for lunch. Oh, To yeah. the point that like, if they had kept her overnight another night in the stallery, mm-hmm. she had like asked me if I would like drive out to Sherwood Park specifically to get her a burger and bring it to the hospital. <laughs> Kudos to the cooks. Right? Yeah, Beaver I guess so, so. Beaver Hills Rally cooks, if any of you are listening, job good, well done. Good job. You have a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so yeah, that happened too. The vehicle rally happened. Yeah. And uh, and then of course, you know. I think I remember seeing some pictures there. Yeah, I posted a couple yeah. to the, uh, I mean, I was only watching the Beaver races. So mm-hmm. um, just a couple little things that I posted to the Instagram and yeah. whatever else. But um yeah, that's that's kind of been the the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's been a busy last couple of weeks for um <laughs> Scouts Canada too. Yeah. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of hoopla. A lot of And I wasn't really sure stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stuff has happened. Oh my goodness. Um lots of discussion. Yeah. Well, some you, venting, some, <laughs> some ve- okay. So I mean, and you know, you know, though it's kind of funny that this. If you follow the Facebook feeds, <laughs> yeah, and you know that's kind of interesting. Is like I was listening to another podcast today actually, and they were sort of criticizing Twitter, and the Twitter model, right, which limited to 140 or now 280 characters. Um, Twitter is not a social media network for long form discourse. It's yeah. for short emotional burst type reactions. Yeah. And which is why like, you know, you see the concept of like the Twitter mob, 
Yes. Right. You know, where all of a sudden you get like 10,000 people just worked into a froth on Twitter yeah. and it's hashtag fire, whoever we're mad at today. Yeah. Um, fire festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a different thing. Yes. Hashtag influencers. Oh, <laughs> but, um, you know, like Facebook in theory supports a longer written form of discourse, yes. but in practice, few people use it for that. And so there's been, yes, like you say, just lots of venting and anger on the Scouts mm-hmm. Canada discussion group, the Northern Lights discussion group, well, less so on like the Beaver and Cub Scouter discussion groups that I'm also a part of, but yeah. like the Scouts Canada discussion group in particular, <laughs> oof, there's yeah. been some heat. Yeah. Well, and it's also interesting is, is people's tonality can't really be judged on, on the message they post too, right? Like, no. So what what we perceive or read as a hot message like you know that's f- true full it, of anger and angst true. might actually be written in the most neutral way possible except mm-hmm. the verbiage you picked yeah. this picks my more, kind voice <laughs> depicts more of an irate <laughs> tirade yeah that's true too um but so two things i mean the bylaw policies and procedures update. So Scouts Canada, of course, maintains an internal set of bylaw policies yeah. and procedures. The how-tos. And, yeah, the... we've talked about them on the show in the past. We've referred mm-hmm. to them many, many times. And, you know, that's by design. Like, I mean, obviously, again, we are two guys with microphones and we're offering opinions, uh, yeah. mainly. But We try where, to base it on some yeah, fact, but, you know. Where there is, you know, where we... Are, are talking about something where, you know, we should really be referring to BPNP, we try mm-hmm. to refer to BPNP. Yeah. Um, if we're talking specifically about something within like the Canadian scouting context, obviously if we're that's right. talking about something else in the world, then that's a little different. Um, but, you know, we do refer to BPNP and we try to ground the opinions that we offer in Scouts Canada policy. But the problem with BPNP was that it had a lot of gray areas. Mm, that's um, right. The transportation policy was one. Yes. Um, the usability of knives for Cub Scouts was another yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and just lots of things in BPNP were nebulous or um, just not as explained as well as they should be. And uh, so Scouts Canada did a big, well, they did. They didn't do this overnight. Like they did no. surveys and like town hall meetings with scouters across the country. Yep. And over the course of, I'm not sure how long, but it's been a while at any rate, they have there's drafted now this new set of bylaws, policies, and procedures. And Imagine so there's since new... the last, the last version went out there, they're, they were taking feedback and criticism on the last revision too. Yeah. So. And I, I imagine they were probably keeping notes about like what all the ASMs or, mm-hmm. uh, support managers they're now called are um you know like all the questions so i'm like sure like every time i was pestering regan about cub scouts and knives yeah sure like someone was taking a note there um so the new bpnp cursory read through it um a lot of useful clarifications Mm -hmm. a lot of little bits filled in here and there yeah um good changes in a lot of ways and also some changes that I question and other groups mm-hmm. have questioned. And I don't want to get into too much detail <clears throat> about this, mostly because I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole. Yes. But I thought in particular it uh, it might be beneficial because we just did this too, like 
pretty close to the start of the year. Mm-hmm. We just talked about knives. We talked about knives and like, you know, our, um, one thing in particular that stood out at the end of the knife episode was that, uh, we, um, we each mentioned our, we talked about our favorite style of knife, mm-hmm. which, uh, episode in, 74, I yes, believe. Yes. So January fairly, 9th. fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we talked about our favorite styles of knives. We sure did. Well, we both chose the Mora knife. Mm-hmm. There's a problem with that. We can no longer, we can no longer use the Mora knife. Is that what, uh, is that what uh, so, BPNP is telling us these days? Yeah, sort of. Ah. Um, so under the new bylaws, policies, and procedures, mm-hmm. um, the section specifically pertaining to knives, axes, saws, camp stoves, lanterns, other camping tools. All right. <clears throat> um. By way of introduction, they offer the following many tool quote, many tools are available that can make camping experiences easier and more comfortable, including knives, multi-purpose tools, axes, saws, camping stoves, lanterns, and other camping tools to use and maintain these tools safely requires training, skill, and respect. Okay. So, so far, end quote, not so untrue. Far, I'm on board. Yes. Not untrue. Huh. <laughs> Our standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, point one. Before members, youth and adult, use knives, axes, saws, camp stoves, lanterns, and other camping tools, the scudder in charge shall ensure that A, a risk management plan is in place to manage hazards to within reasonable risk control as low as reasonably practical. Okay. All right. <clears throat> B, youth are introduced to equipment with the appropriate safety knowledge and supervision. Okay. Okay. That's Again. good. So far, so good. Yeah. C, the equipment is properly maintained and all safety features are in place and verified. Okay. No controversy there. Nope. Uh, D, all members have the appropriate and necessary skills and experience to safely use the equipment. Generally speaking, not terribly controversial. No. Nope. Um, you, you know, also have to learn how to use the equipment in order to gain the, the knowledge. Right. And, and I mean, like... So, circular argument could be made, but... Um, maybe. But I mean, like, at the same time, you know, I if... I, I, I think if there's been any... And I haven't seen too much discussion around that particular point, but I think no. if anything, it's going to be like... Well, are we talking about like, I learn how to use the stove from someone who's already used the stove and is familiar with his operation mm-hmm. or do I actually have to go in and get like, you know, my certificate? Yeah. You know, do, do I have to do go to have some to, Scouts have to Canada get certification class to... The the Scouts Canada Coleman Lantern School Yeah. Of, you know, the same know. as like range master training. Do I have to get <laughs> Coleman stove training? Yeah. <laughs> um, Probably not. <laughs> Mantle changing 101 or whatever, yeah. you know. <laughs> Probably not. But, you know, it's still... Um, how to hook up a propane tank. Right. But yeah, well, like what is it what does it mean to uh to have the appropriate and necessary skills? Yes. And then point Fair E, enough. tools will be used in the right place at the right time with the right tool for the right job, with the right training and skills and the right supervision. Common sense. Yeah. Done. <laughs> that oh. first point is more yeah. or less it's in the clear. Yeah. <clears throat> Second point generated a ton of controversy and this is where we get in trouble for the knife episode. Mm. Oh, and by the way, these policies were effective March 2. Oh, lovely. Yes. Right. They, they published them like they published them on like that weekend, the, the March 1st weekend. Oh, and they yeah. were basically effective, like as soon as they went live. Yeah. Um, point two members, mm-hmm. no spit, no distinction drawn between youth and adult here. All right. Members will only use folding lock blade knives for program activities. The blade shall be 8.5 centimeters long or less. Point, All right. Point three. <laughs> 
All other knives are not permitted in scouting activities without the express approval of the group commissioner as detailed and approved on the outdoor activity application form and with the appropriate risk management plan. So... Technically, you could have a different knife. You just have to get... Yes. And the thing is, when do you do an outdoor activity application form? Whenever you go and do an outdoor... For, yes. Yeah. So the approval from your GC is per event. Right. Or per activity. Yeah. Um, it's not like I can just go to my commissioner and be just like, can I have blanket approval for the year to use my Mora knife and my other Mora knife and my other, other Mora knife? <laughs> yes. Uh, <clears throat> I see. That's not an option. It's It's per, at least as defined in the bylaws, it's... Per activity. And also, um, okay, what if I'm they, doing an outdoor activity application. They haven't application, really defined activity either. Right. Just, they've just blanket stated the statement, right? Mm-hmm. But if I'm doing an outdoor activity, right, mm-hmm. which, and the full name of that form is the Camping and Outdoor, outdoor activity, activity Application, yeah. COAA. Yeah. Well, what if I'm doing an indoor. an indoor activity where I'm showing the Cubs how to whittle a bar of soap? Yeah. Hmm. Nope, you have to go outside yeah, to do it. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> Welcome I mean, to bureaucracy. I mean, like, it's not... <laughs> And like, in a way, I'm actually not affected by this too, too much because even though the Mora has become my standard, I do still have my shred, my folding mm-hmm. locking blade knife. And it's only like 6.5, I think, centimeters on the blade. So it's right. totally compliant Yeah, and I could easily go back to using it. But, you know, as we discussed in the knife episode, the Mora has really won out, which is weird for me because I was never a Mora knife guy when I was in Scouts. Yeah. But it's really won out for um, ease of use very comfortable weight in the hand and super easy to maintain. You know, sharpening my shred is actually a bit of a chore. Sharpening a Mora, it's like nothing, you know, it's not a problem. Maintaining a Mora knife is really, really easy. Maintaining other knives, not so much. So what we're saying is you can't use a Mora knife now. (laughs) Which is also weird because like how much has the Mora knife been a mainstay of scouting, at least in this part of the country, you know? That is weird. I, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, uh... I, I I have to admit some reservations. And I mean, like, a lot of it is just the pure attachment that I've grown up to the Mora knife with. Could I go back to using my locking blade knife? Absolutely. In a heartbeat, it's still in there. It's still sharp. It's yeah. fine. <clears throat> but at the same time, it's kind of just, I know so many people who've come up through scouting yeah. in this region for whom, like, the Mora knife is the only knife they'll even bother with. And it's weird now to suddenly, and you know, like I was at the scout shop the other day and they still had those light my fire Mora knives for sale. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Which is funny. It's like the cart before the horse. Yeah. It's just, it's bureaucracy. It's weird now to suddenly be in an environment where that whole category of knife is no longer usable on the regular for scouting activities. Right. You know, I mean, gosh, going back even further in time, like I remember my dad gave me his scout knife, which unfortunately I lost on Burnsville Island, but Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, Sorry, dad. But like that was a fixed blade. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, I have some, I, I kind of understand partly where they're coming from because, you know, like in one sense, a folding blade knife maybe could arguably arguably be a little bit safer than a fixed blade knife. I mean, mm-hmm. a Mora knife locks into its sheath fairly well, mm-hmm. but it's not, you know, absolutely sealed in there. Whereas the fixed blade knife 
especially if you also have it in a sheath, is then folded in on itself so the blade is, you know, really yeah. kept out of the way. Yeah. But on the other hand, I, uh, I, I would have a hard time imagining how I would cut myself sheathing my Mora knife but I've seen people close a locking blade on their knuckles before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's kind of why I'm curious about this whole thing is like, why wouldn't you just, why wouldn't you just go along with the whole uh, learn proper technique for the knives that you plan on using, you know? Um, I mean, at one point, groups were, I don't know if that permitting process still exists for, for, for youth, like I know, at one point, youth were getting, uh, you know, permits to. Yeah, well, the knife permit is yeah. still a thing. Yeah. They're going to have to. I mean, and it so, it is still a thing, but it's going to be the folding but, locking blades. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, this this is me trying to art, uh, correctly articulate how I'm feeling at the moment. Go on. You might have to edit for content. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try not to use any four-letter friend getters. Um, <laughs> so, the the part that bothers me about this whole this whole moment, you know, specifically with the knives, is the fact that you know they've changed it. They talk about the right tool for the right job, then they limit you to the tool, and that's the part that I have a problem with because if they're uh, if they're articulating that training and and um, education about uh, and proper supervision and all that kind of stuff is relevant to to training youth on how to use a, a knife properly, then the type of knife should not be restrictive. You should be able to say, "Here are the various knives." Like we did in our episode, here's the various yeah. knives. Here's how you use them. Here's here's where they're, uh, you know, this is where one knife could excel uh, uh, as opposed to another knife. And mm -hmm. we have a particular favorite, and that's for someone to figure out on their own, not necessarily be told by somebody that this is the this is the only tool in your kit. Mm. And I mean, like you do have, I mean, arguably, you know, we do still have the ability to bring those other knives along with. Mm -hmm. It's just that now um, those are all going on the COAA and they have to be individually approved by the group commissioner, right? Yeah. Which is already bad enough. And, and I feel sorry for the group commissioners actually in this because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of paperwork falling on their heads. I'm oh. certainly going to be peppering Steven with paperwork for well, my more knives. And this is just it. It's <clears> like every, now, now you're just going to increase... Um, the, the paperwork load on mm -hmm. individuals. But what was also interesting in some of the discussions surrounding the knife policy specifically mm -hmm. was that you did have people who were then writing into Help Center, mm -hmm. right, to try and get like the official word on edge cases. Like, um, say, kitchen knives, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And um, some of the responses that people were saying they were getting back from help center was, you know, to the effect of, well, yeah, like you would have to give your group commissioner an inventory of your, your set of kitchen knives and they would have to approve each for use. So, and then of course someone comes back and is just like, okay, well now what if I'm renting a facility that has a fully stocked kitchen? Like, do I need to get so an inventory from them? Here, here's, here's a wacky idea. It's just the brainchild of a, uh, of a scouter who's, you know, half asleep at the moment. Yeah. Well, um, what if you created an appendice for your scout group, called it Knives at Camp, mm. and then said, 
see 59th knives at camp document which itemized all the knives that you guys would ever use and then you can just throw a clause on your co a camping and outdoor application form and then you don't have to itemize everything every single time you just have a an inventory of what that is so you put in the infrastructure on the front end yes it's a pain in the butt but you put the the <laughs> it's not a bad idea the, and then and then it, you you give yeah. it an acronym yeah it's just or even it's just you know you know <clears throat> per, perhaps something that you know is funny for adults yeah or something and, i i can't know. think of one off the top of my head but yeah like it just becomes part of the standard package that you submit whenever you do a coaa yeah of course then it also means that if i want to use it for an indoor meeting i have to submit a coaa for an indoor meeting but whatever well, that's, that's fine that's an idiosyncrasy <laughs> of the bylaw at that point but it's funny you mentioned right blade for the right job because of course like on the new bylaw policies yeah. and procedures website that's what they I... link to the knife safety safety tip from february 2016 and it's mm-hmm. actually got you know right blade for the right job mm-hmm. it's like and what are some of the different blade types listed machete for clearing trails and campsites yeah. well if you were we going to use go, those yeah if you were going to go do trail work do you want to go with your folding locking knife and take care of shrubbery mm-hmm. Well, you, Not I mean, particularly. no, you, I mean, well, and that's the thing. Some of the applications, like some of the things that you would, if, if you try and do too much of like a hard carve with a folding locking blade, mm-hmm. you're going to damage that hinge. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, but or like, whale on it with a, a piece of wood or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Know, if you're going to use, use it to split something. Yeah. But like it talks here about like fillet knives, survival knives, kitchen knives, yeah, yeah. long blades, yeah. drop points and all that stuff. Um, it does mention, you know, like it does talk about keeping folding knives folded when not in use, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the whole language of the safety tip that they link to from the bylaw policies and procedures page mm-hmm. <clears throat> takes, you know, a both and approach, yeah. fixed blades and, yeah. but no, according to the bylaw policies and procedures, your, your everyday carry has to be a folding lock and then okay. special approval for everything, everything else. else. And I think actually that's not a bad idea. It's just, yeah. I, I mean... It's, it's sort of good goes. to have an inventory anyways yeah. of like, you know, just, it's good to know. And I'm <laughs> so if your leaders have a specific yeah. knife that they want to use at camp, you're, mm-hmm. you in particular want to use the Mora knife. Mm-hmm. So you just have that on the list. Scout yep. Ken, Mora knife times three. Yeah. And it's good to have, yeah, well, <laughs> you know. and it's good. Well, usually only two. The blue one usually lives in my luggage, but um, still. It's good to have the inventory of just like, you know, all the kitchen knives that we have. Like that's yeah. good to know anyways. So, yeah. I mean, like. I, I think that's actually not a bad suggestion and it's a good work as long as you have a group commissioner who's amenable, right? That's yeah. the other part of it though, is like, we're lucky to have a group commissioner who broadly speaking is amenable. Mm-hmm. Um, not every GC is. Well, you <clears throat> want, you want to make sure the program at, as a GC, um, your role should be to help facilitate, help the scouters facilitate their program. Yes. You know. A no, uh, you know, uh, an answer to a no is not, or like an answer to a request being no is not generally a good. It should be more of like, well, how do we facilitate this and make this mm-hmm. happen for the scouts? Because yeah. usually the ideas that scouters come up with are pretty, pretty good for, for the youth to participate in. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just, it sticks in my mind because actually over the weekend I was having a conversation via, no, not even over the weekend. This was on Thursday. Yes. Thursday. Mm -hmm. Um, I was having a conversation with a scouter. I'm not sure where she was from. Um, but she was asking the Alberta Danbury page Mm -hmm. 
Um, and of course I get messages that come to that page. Mm-hmm. She was asking the page about, um, some particular requirements for the whitetails journey. Oh, okay. And her group commissioner was basically telling her that, you know, like any scouters who were going to volunteer for the whitetails journey at the Danbury couldn't have youth attending the journey. I'm just like, I can't think of a single bylaw or policy that stipulates that. Right. And that's kind of what I mean when I say that, you know, not every GC is necessarily going to be on board. And I've heard other stories along these same lines where it's like, you know, a scouter will relay that their commissioner has said this, this, and the other thing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. where are they getting that from? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, that's sort of maybe my, my concern is that we have these policies and they're written and they are written in clearer language. They're, they're, they are easier to understand now. There's less nebulousness to them. Yeah. They're making some, li- they're putting some lines in the yeah. sand, which is fine. Yeah. I get but that. But then, you know, you still occasionally get people at the group level who have their own kind of weird interpretations mm-hmm. and will try and then enforce that on the scouters uh, mm-hmm. in the group. And it's like, well, mm, anyways, mm. so that's kind of where I'm going with that comment yeah. about group yeah, ministers. Yeah, yeah. We're fortunate. Ours is, he's a great guy and yeah. he's- He'll, he'll probably play ball with whatever we come up with mm-hmm. to, to make sure that the knives we want to use, we can use. But um, does every group have that? Mm-hmm. In my experience, no. And that's unfortunate. Well, I, th- I think what the policies and the procedures does, and, and I thought this way back when I was group commissioner, is policies and procedures makes the group have to look at their own like what their their policies and procedures are on things. And I mean you can be you can be amicable and and help a group get to her help uh help a section get to a specific goal uh, by bending, but you still have to have some some uh procedural stuff and maybe that's maybe that's the idea with Scouts Canada is they just want every group to have that you know Maybe help, help the scouters define what, what they want their group, what the actual requirements in their, within their group mean. Yeah. So that could be the, uh, the last line item point four mm. within that policy, by the way, uh, it doesn't mandate, it just encourages the use of, um, cut resistant gloves. Like if you have to do any oh. kitchen work, yeah, which <clears throat> fair, sure. Um, Especially with, you know, uh, kids that may not have that skill set with knives just yet. <laughs> totally. Uh, I mean, obviously I've worked in kitchen environments for many years, um, put myself through university more or less Mm. working in kitchens and I've used cut resistant gloves. Um, they're good for some things. Um, they're not good for other things. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you can't chop fine things very easily with them. Ah. Um, so, you know, but there are other techniques that you can learn. Right. Yeah. And this gets back to, you know. Um, having the right proper, training, right? Proper training, you know, right? Yeah. <clears throat> how do you, how do you hold something down if you have to like, you know, say, do a fine chop of it? Mm-hmm. We don't, you curl your fingers over, you yeah. know, you, yeah. you basically, you, 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 cr- you create a it's, flat, it's, yeah, flat it's, surface. Yeah. It's hard to describe this, but yeah, you basically curl your fingers yeah. around so that you're not putting your fingertips out right in front of where the knife is going to be coming down. Yeah. You just sort of, you know, you have a knuckle out there and then a flat surface for the knife to kind of come down beside. Yeah. Um, could you possibly still cut yourself? Well, yeah, oh, sure. And you have to be attentive to the job you're doing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right tool for the right job with the right training. Yeah. The, the, the policy is pretty, it, yeah. it repeats that in two places at least. Yeah. And it's. 
it's good advice, you know, know mm-hmm. what you're doing, but there are other safety measures you can employ. But again, for point four, it doesn't mandate the use of it. It just recommends mm-hmm. the use of it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you know what, for, for larger cutting jobs, those cut resistant gloves are actually pretty cool. It's like wearing mm-hmm. chainmail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and who doesn't like wearing, I mean, come on, what's not cool about chainmail? Um, but it's heavy. <laughs> well, yes, there is that. Um, oh my gosh. I had a friend who used to make chain mail. Um, a friend in university used to make chain mail in her spare time and she made her husband like a full chain mail helmet and, um, he couldn't wear it. Like he just, or, just darn near broke his neck trying to wear it. I, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> Yeah. You know, you, you don't realize just how burly like an English knight would have had to have been until yeah. you try and dress as one would have. And it's just yeah. like, wow, like this is an insane amount of weight yeah. to be wearing. And, and the swords are heavy yes. and the, the shields are heavy. Yeah. And it's just like. It's like, I'm wearing this. I can barely move. Yeah. And someone who had to wear this professionally had to also be able to like fight ride for his horse. life and, or <laughs> and ride, ride a, a horse. horse. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, right. Don't mess with that guy. Anyways, mm. I don't want to get yeah, too much can. further down the BPNP rabbit hole because, yeah. you know. There's lots there. It's, yes. And we'll probably be coming back to it um, because there are some other changes like concerning first aid policy, which mm-hmm. I think are good to discuss as and, well. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that included like swimming and that kind of stuff, but there was some, uh, some changes uh, well, there, there as well. Well, there are changes to swimming and there are changes to first aid policy. So yeah. they've adjusted the number of trained first aiders you have to have. Yep. Um Wilderness first aid is a requirement for certain activity types. Yep. Um, and like, those are not bad things. No. But I know some groups found themselves because of the, and Scouts Canada, to their credit, actually did adjust the applicability date for these specific parts of the policy, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's like effective March 2, some groups are just like, we have Wait one first aider. Yeah. You know, like we can't do the multiple first aider thing and mm-hmm. we will have to cancel programming if we actually have to be compliant with this policy yeah. starting today. Back the trainer. <clears throat> so Scouts Canada walked back some of those dates and they pushed them to like September, right? Yeah. Which, you know, like that's fine. And gives, there's more. It gives people tra- yeah. a little bit of leeway, right? And there's more training courses that I've seen being offered and so that's good. Um, <clears throat> I mean- we're fortunate in the group. We had a whole raft of scouters take first aid training a yeah. while back. Yeah. Um, so we are, we're You're well good. set for that. We're yeah. good. Uh, we need a few more on the wilderness first aid side, but we've yeah. got training for that actually lined up now. So yeah. Tops. Um, but like some of the waterfront activities now, there needs to be like so many trained lifeguards, mm-hmm. um, stuff for climbing wall, like the climbing walls yeah, now need, need to the be, trainers they need trained people, but it also like the wall itself has to be like approved by this particular body that governs. Uh-huh. Or that, so you that, can't just go to like whatever climbing yeah, wall. I, yeah. I guess there's some particular regulatory right. body that's pertaining to like active, um, mm. active play stuff like that. So yeah. I can't remember the name of it, but like basically there needs to be like specific, you know, it has to be at a facility that has approval from this that, body over here. Yeah. Plus you mean, need to have trained yeah. people. I was going to say, does that mean that there's a, cause they had a whole big thing with like getting people approved or organizations approved from the, the waiver. Well, there's the that, but that's form. kind of a separate thing. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just saying now they need a, they need a secondary approval for. Yeah. Now it also has to be at a facility yeah. that's been greenlit by whatever this yeah. standards body is. Yeah. Um, so like it, it certainly presents some additional challenges in terms of delivering that sort of, um, that sort of programming to youth. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. So, you know, 
have some groups had to make rather sudden lurching changes to their programming in the wake of the new bylaws and policies dropping? It would seem so. Um, we've been fortunate that our group has not been one of these, but you know, equally it kind of, it would, you know, it's unfortunate that some groups have been affected in this way. I do think overall that the new policies are like having more first aiders, having the lifeguards, you know, being at these facilities that have received this regulatory stamp of approval. I think this all does, this all does go towards safety. And I think in general, it all works to enhance safety. And that's a good thing. Um, it's just, I, I think I may have joked on the podcast a few times about, you know, how, um, I don't know if I've ever used the phrase good idea, badly implemented, but that kind of keeps coming to mind here. It's a really good idea, all the stuff they're trying to do with the new BPNP, but bringing it in and then making it like instantly applicable when some groups were kind of just, you know, not in a position to be instantly compliant with it um, was not the best way to go about implementing it, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one, right? Mm-hmm. And then, as if that wasn't bad enough news... Wait, there's more. Uh, oh, there's there there is more. I, I wanted to talk about knives, and I wanted yeah. to kind of just because we did the episode about knives so recently, so I wanted to you know revisit yeah. the policy changes yeah. specific to knives. So disregard our podcast about knives, and yeah, or well, <laughs> don't necessarily disregard it, but I guess you've got more paperwork to submit to your GC now. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you have a uh, accommodating group commissioner. Yes, but anyways, um, it was also announced. Actually, pretty close in the wake of that. I mean, it was like, I think March, well, the policy applicable date was March 2. And I think they pushed it out there at like right at the end of April or like March 1st, right? Like that's when I started saying. So basically they pushed it out the the day or the day before end it applied. No. Uh, or end of, oh, sorry. Yes. End of February. February beginning of March. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm a month ahead and behind and, at the same yeah. time. No, I got gotcha. you. Uh, I'm there. It's been a hell of a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But uh, then March 5th. A letter was issued from National, from the National Office, Scouts Canada, mm-hmm. announcing the closure of seven scout shops across mm-hmm. the country. Uh, in particular, effective July 30th, 2019, scout shops in St. John's, Newfoundland, mm-hmm. St. John, New Brunswick. Don't get the two confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> two different places. Yes. Welcome to Canada. Hamilton, Toronto, Regina, Edmonton, and Victoria will be closed. Uh, scout shops in Ottawa, Oshawa, Oakville, London, Calgary, and Vancouver will continue support, continue to support our members. You know what I noticed right away? The Maritimes is basically done. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they there is not a scout shop. No. Uh, like Ottawa is about as far east as they go. I, yeah. think, I think out of Ottawa, Oshawa, Oakville, and London, I think Ottawa is the furthest east. Mm. I could be wrong. But, and if I am, I apologize. I'm yeah. a terrible Western Canadian you, who doesn't understand you are, Central You're Canada. a horrible person. But, well, <laughs> yes, we know that. Uh, um, but, you know, regardless, like there's basically, it's Ontario and that's it. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, like Calgary and Vancouver. So, at least I guess we still have the Calgary office. I guess. Um, and then so, Vancouver still got their thing. I mean, I mean I'm a little... I might be naive to the whole situation, but did they give a reason as to why they... Yes, actually. So, and actually there's a whole FAQ document too, which I got to pull up here right away. But, uh, so 
the 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 initial notice was basically that uh, you know the decision was not made lightly mm-hmm. and is mainly a reflection of changing shopping habits. The majority of NLC sales, like Northern Lights Council here, yeah, have evidently been made online, and this for a number of years now. Oh, um, which in a way makes sense because, like, if you think about it, Ed, like Edmonton is the headquarters of NLC. Yeah, but most of the membership is not in Edmonton. No. A lot of it is. Yeah. But it's all of Northern Alberta. It's the, the Yukon. Mm. It's part of the Northwest Territories. Yeah. So there's a significant portion of scouting membership that in this council that is nowhere near Edmonton and they're never going to be coming into the scout shop. So of course, yeah, yeah they would have to be ordering online. Um, now, to be fair, and I said office just like a couple of minutes ago and I shouldn't have because in fairness, it's only the shops that are closing. Mm-hmm. The scouting council offices will remain open. So right. like we're not losing the adventure center entirely. No. We're not losing no. the archery range. We're not losing the climbing wall. It's just uh, the shop. I imagine the shop and the uh, the the tooling that goes on in that building may change slightly. Like they may use that space for something else. Perhaps. I, uh, I know not. But... Uh, I'm just saying like that's... Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it sounds like they're going to be holding on to this. Someone suggested putting a Tim Hortons in there, yeah. which would work. You uh, know, scouters love their Tim Hortons. I'm sure. Um, yeah, the uh, losing the scout shop. I don't know. I, I'm mixed feelings about that. Yeah, me too. It's kind of... It's always nice to run into the scout shop to get something. Or if you're going to talk to somebody in the office... You take a quick look through the, through the, uh, the stock that's there or like pick up a badge or a crest or whatever, right? Like sometimes it's, it's a necessary thing, but I guess given that people do more online shopping makes sense. It does. It, I mean, it's kind of weird to me because like the scout shop was, is, um, literally like that was one of these stores that I still walked into. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, and it's kind of funny to me because like, I'm totally on board with online shopping for everything else. I'm prime mm-hmm. member and like all the rest of that. Um, but geez, I even order food online, like groceries online sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the scout shop was like the one store where I like remained firmly anachronistic. If there was any store that I guarantee you, I would set foot in rather than shop online for it's a scout shop. So it's kind of funny to me that, you know, to, to hear that so much of their sales had been driven online. But I guess, uh, like it does, in its way, it does make sense. And it's just, it's just um, unfortunate that, you know, we've, uh, we're, we're going to be losing that resource here in Edmonton. I mean, like Calgary's not that far away. And to be fair, like the online ordering will still work. Right, yeah. so I can still order stuff online, but, but yeah, it's a more of a more you have to put some more thought into it, I guess. And you do more thought, more planning, which yeah. I mean is not again is not a bad thing. It's just you know, scouts gonna is not scouts always Canada gonna charge you for the shipping. <laughs> uh probably. And actually, Through you know the what? Online store. You know what? The last uh, I guess it was two weeks ago now. You close yes. the shops, charge people <laughs> for shipping. Well, you know what? It was it was Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so Juliana sat out um, Cubs that night, but Ella still wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So we she was actually doing um, the climbing wall 
Oh, okay. So we were actually at the scout shop mm-hmm. and then, um, <clears throat> Jen, who is our treasurer showed up, mm-hmm. um, and like basically texted me, um, just like, I'm here. Did we want to buy anything before this place closes? So we stocked up on like the big bulky stuff. Mm. Blankets and car kits and things like that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if I got to order a bunch of badges, yeah. shipping on that is going to be pretty trivial, right? Yeah. Um, if I have to order 40 campfire blankets. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly, right? <laughs> so it's, I it's mean. like consumable too, right? Like mm-hmm. you're going to use it. Yes. So. And. Well, yeah, and pretty much everything at the shop is. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I mean, like, I do get it. These seven locations have evidently been losing money for some time now. And actually, like, they pushed out a list of frequently asked questions about the shop, Scout Shop closers. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, say, why are seven shops clothing, closing? Well, many of these shops have been operating at a loss for some time now. Scout Shops exist to serve our members and provide revenue that supports the scouting movement in Canada. Between declining visits to these stores and their poor financial performance, we cannot continue to operate them. So, so you look at their overhead, I yep. guess that kind of makes sense. If, if they can't keep the lights on and the, the staff there to, if the, they lose money by having somebody sit there and man the store yep. and I guess order product and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yep. So, um, not at all surprising. You know, but they are also, they do plan to keep the other stores open. They want to try and, you know, focus on growing those as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, try and build their retail sales where they can. Mm-hmm. They do not plan to go exclusively online anytime soon or at all in the future. That's not their intent, but they do notice actually in response to that particular question, it's like, does Coast Canada plan to go exclusively to online sales in the future? That's not our intent, but it will depend on what our members tell us uh, with their purchases. You vote with your wallet. Yeah. I was going to say it all depends. Like, I mean, if you have a, a a store in a major urban center and nobody shops there, still not practical. Yeah. And I mean, like, if people are moving to online, then people are moving to online. And that's just how it goes. Where? And there's no point to, you know, being sticks in the mud about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially because like, you know, <clears throat> oh, hell, I've got a, <clears throat> I've got a wedding to go to in June. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a wedding to go to in June. Some, some good friends of ours are getting married. And, um, none of my suits fit. Mm-hmm. Like I do not so. have a suit right now that fits me. They, the one that does has a ripped, well, the one that kind of does is ripped on one elbow mm-hmm. and the other two, they just swim on me now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's good. It, it is right. Like thanks health. But, um, at the same time, it's like, well, it's, what am I going to wear to this wedding? Like I can't mm-hmm. just go in a. You know, we can just go in a polo shirt, hope for the best. Um, but like even, you know, like I'm, I'm looking at like Calvin Klein suits on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, prime two day shipping. Um, you know, rather than like go to the Bay or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like, I totally get that we've, I mean, I'm a PC gamer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 90 plus percent of PC game sales mm-hmm. online, mm-hmm. you know? That's why when you walk into EB Games, if they even carry PC games, it's like one little shelf at the back. Because mm-hmm. that's about how much those yeah. physical copies are worth to them yeah. in yeah. terms of their overall business. Yeah. Um, whereas with consoles, obviously that's physical sales are still at. where it's yeah. at. Yeah. But, you know, I, I get that, you know, things are moving to online. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. It's just, 
I don't know. It kind of sucked. Because I think the thing about the scout shop was that because it was tied to the Adventure Center and the main mm-hmm. offices, mm-hmm. it wasn't just a store. There yeah. was that community aspect to That's it. That's where I was going to, that, that was a comment yeah. I was going to make is it, it kind of gives you that sense of community, like to yeah. go to the scout shop and mm-hmm. like maybe run into a scouter that you know, and it's like, hey, how's it going? You know? Yeah. Like that kind of thing. That's that kind of thing. And then also like, you know, I buy a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I walk around. I say hi to, to Regan and the rest. Yeah. Although Regan is not there anymore. But, you know, still like yeah. Tara's there and whoever you, else. You, just, you knew the office mm. staff or you yeah. know the office staff and you just kind of poke in and go, hey, how's it going? Or exactly. Whatever. And you know, catch up yeah. on stuff. And or like maybe Tara has more badges that I can add to my trading kit. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, just, it's, it wasn't just a store. Mm-hmm. And so like, it sucks to lose that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same although, time, I, although you might have been one person who was doing that out of the true, true hundreds but, of scouters in yeah. Edmonton. And I mean, at the end of the day, if I'm, you know, if this is like one place where I'm just being anachronistic and everybody else is hitting up the scout shop website and buying online, well yeah. then, you know what, guess what? I can use the website too. I can buy online. It's yeah. not a big deal. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, like, again, they, they kind of speak to, well, how will we get uniforms? It's another one of the FAQ here. Mm-hmm. Well, uniforms can either be purchased in store, you know, if, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm no stranger to Calgary. I don't go there very often, but mm-hmm. occasionally, or through scoutshop.ca, there is a virtual dressing room that can help you with sizing and selection. Yep. So, you know, mm-hmm. okay. Um, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh, it's a sad day, it, but it is. you know, it's, it's but I can't help sign but, of the change, uh, the time was yeah. changing. But like, I, I can't help but think that, you know, um, it, it probably was inevitable, mm-hmm. partly because of the online sales, partly because like, what's to, what's to drive me to, I mean, apart from my affection for the scouting movement, mm-hmm. what's to drive me to the scout shop mm-hmm. to get a particular piece of camp related gear, right? Mm-hmm. Like let's take the badges and the cup cars and that stuff out of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, what's to drive me to the scout shop to buy any kind of outdoor gear when campers village is closer. Yeah. Or mountain equipment co-op. Or mountain equipment co-op. Yeah. Or, you know, wherever I might go. Cabela's. Right. You know, what, what's to, what's to drive me to this store over here as opposed to any of these other ones that probably have, the well, same or better gear for the same or and, less price. And that's part of the marketing side of things too, right? Like I don't think Scouts Canada, at least in the Edmonton area, did a particularly good job at marketing to people outside of the movement mm. that they could potentially come into the Scout shop and get things. Yeah. Albeit some of the time it was branded equipment, like if you were <laughs> you were getting Yeah, it. like the water bottles might have the Scouts Canada logo on them. Yeah, but like sometimes but, it's just, you know, it's the it's the like the tents or yeah. the backpacks or, and that wasn't all, you know, most of that wasn't branded. It's just, no. you know, <clears throat> this line of backpacks or this yeah. line of tents or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, I, I, again, it comes back to that though. Um, why go there when you can go to the mountain equipment co-op or the, yeah. You know, it's so like, it's one thing for program materials, right? I mean, Campus obviously Village. you can't get those anywhere else, Yeah, but then equally, with the exception of uniforms, you know, what in particular about the program materials means I need to go into the shop, right? Like mm-hmm. badges. Well, if I, I mean, if I know what badges I'm looking for, yeah. it's like, oh, I need, uh, I need 25 level one yeah, vertical you, skills badges. Yeah. Well, click, click, check out, done. Send yeah. them to me. <clears throat> oh, well. Yeah. Um, 
you know, cub car kits, beaver buggy kits. Like these are all. It's all things you know, that can be purchased. Yeah. Yep. Online. You, know, you, you, you use the term consumables and they are, because I'm going to yeah. be going through a lot of them every year. Yeah. But you know, th- these are not things that I need to go in and size or worry about, right? The uniforms, it's a little trickier. Although having put three kids through now, I think I kind of have a pretty good understanding for what size fits what body type. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just, so the program materials I totally get like that's, they, they are the sole source for that. But evidently that's, you know, when it comes down to, you know, the amount of inventory they're moving through and the staffing and everything else, obviously the amount of business they were doing in terms of program materials is not enough to just sustain that Mm. operating model to sustain those seven locations. And then you add it to the fact that the outdoor gear, you know, like you say, they, they didn't necessarily do enough to market that outside of scouting. And maybe if they, it's fun to play, maybe if they had, Yeah. but at the same but, time, like, you know, if you think about like scout shop Edmonton, it's not the biggest store to begin with. No, right. No. So would you want yeah, to would, market to a larger mass that would come yeah, in? Could and, they handle the volume or yeah. would now we be putting them in a situation where it's like, oh yeah, we're out of that. Yeah. We're out gets of that. more in two weeks. Oh, yeah. And that doesn't really help your bottom line either no. to be more frequently per- out of things. Perpetually out of stock. Yeah. But at the same time, like I can't help but think that, or I can't help but wonder if, you know, the fact that they were also trying to sell on the outdoor gear side of things maybe hurt as much as it helped because, you know, yes, those are bigger ticket items. In theory, they might bring in more and, profitability, but at the same and time. And if you're in an area where such things don't exist, yeah. then it makes sense to have a one-stop shop where as a scouter, you can go and get backpacks or tents or equipment that you need. But like, that's an argument for having a scout shop in Fort McMurray. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? But that's what, I mean, That that's what I'm saying is like, you know, the you want, you want the one-stop shop in a smaller, a yeah. smaller center. But that's not where the scout shops are. No, they're they're in big centers you know. where nobody where nobody needs them, unfortunately. That's, and you know, like I'm guilty of this too, right? Like yeah. sleeping bag, mech, foamy yeah. mech, backpack mech. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm guilty of that too, right? Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> What's well, better better value? I think you know it it, it can be like it's the mech cheaper, ba- but it's a it's the same it's the same quality for cheaper. Sort of. I mean, the mech backpack is pretty ridiculously expensive, granted, but it's a hell of a backpack. <laughs> they, they can also deal in volume, though, too, right? Like, they'll right. move more product through those doors than yes. a scout shop would. Yes. And that's kind of, you know, and I mean, like, a lot of groups do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, even like, you know, God, I can't even absolve our group, right? Because wherever our last two Big Ten purchases have been through? Mech. Mech. Yep. Why? Because mech tents are pretty much second to none for ease of setup. Yeah. You know, you can set a mech tent up in any weather, half of them you can set up one-handed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of like, and I mean like no fault to the Eureka tents, but it is more involved to set up a Eureka mm-hmm. than it is to set up, uh, uh, like we used to have the Tarns, yep. but now we have like the Volts. Um, yeah. But you know, they're just- Same thing. Slightly different. You know, they're, they're practically designed to fall out of the stuff sack half assembled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, which we like because, well, even like at Cabaree, I mean, gosh, 
We got to Cabaret last year and it promptly dumped a ton of water on us. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have those tents that you can get them up real fast. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. It, it sucks, but I totally understand why it's happening. Mm -hmm. And I guess even in a way I sort of agree with it because like as not, you know, the world has moved a lot of its shopping online. Yeah. I mentioned before, like you can order... If you're a save on foods customer, you know, your groceries, well, if you're a superstore customer, which Mm -hmm. we are like, you can Mm -hmm. do your grocery order online and I still walk into superstore occasionally, but now you see like they've got the carts and it's just like, Hey, don't disturb me or don't take anything off this cart because I'm putting the order together and people will pull up and they get the order run out to them. If you're a save on customer, you can can go one further. They deliver. Yeah. (laughs) Get it to your house. Um, and then like, even like we just got, uh, or like now there's the, like the prepared meal delivery services mm-hmm. or, or the, the yeah. ingredient delivery services. Right. So like, there's so many options even for people to do online purchases of groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, prime, gosh, I, I'm a prime, my wife is a prime member. And I mean, like she uses it just all the time. Mm-hmm. Just half of everything we need shows up in an Amazon box now. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, well, I mean, when you have four kids and a busy schedule. Yeah. Taking time out of your day to run to a store over here to get this thing mm-hmm. is not as convenient as, yeah. you know, app search by now done. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and Amazon pre-populates all your data. So it's literally like one click buy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally get like that. A lot of shopping has moved online. Um, especially, you know, as we get the, you know, the oft derided, not always deservedly so millennials, uh, you know, mm-hmm. kind of coming in as a, as a significant demographic, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, in the adult population, um, there's, you know, online shopping is a thing and mm-hmm. it's going to be around for, it's here to stay until the internet blinks out for whatever reason. Yeah, no, um, for sure. So I totally get that, you know, scouting would be affected by this as well. And you know what, at the end of the day, if it means that Scouts Canada is through the sale of program materials and other stuff able to generate more revenue, great. Mm. Great. It just, it sucks that, you know, now there's not going to be a scout shop anywhere in the Maritimes. It sucks that, you know, the closest scout shop for people in Whitehorse is now Vancouver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, so not that they had a closer option to begin with, but mm-hmm. Edmonton's a tiny bit closer, I guess. But, you know, like it just, it sucks that, you know, it sucks that we're losing the one that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, Scout Shop, not, not the office. The office mm-hmm. stays. Yeah. And it is good that the office is staying, right? Yeah. Because it would be bad enough to, I mean, it's bad enough to lose the Scout Shop. It would be heartbreaking to also lose the range and Mm -hmm. the climbing wall Mm -hmm. and the meeting spaces and just the ability to walk into that office and talk to somebody about bylaws and policies and procedures that you happen to be confused by Mm -hmm. just to bring this full circle. Yeah. Uh, So heck of a couple of weeks for, uh, yeah, for Scouts Canada as well, but there it is. My goodness. Well, I'm trying to think if I have any shout outs. Do you have any further thoughts while I'm looking this up? <laughs> thoughts? Well, I have many thoughts. <laughs> uh, what are you, what are thoughts about the topics tonight? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, all I can say is that I remember a few a few revisions of uh, bylaws, policies, and procedures. Yes, and, you would have seen a few. And all I know is that every time they release bylaws, policies, and procedures, something's not right. Or something is read or taken incorrectly or, you know, like there, there's, there's, um, explanations that need to be done. And again, it's about selling, <laughs> selling the product, right? So you have this bylaw and policy and procedure that you wanted, that you're implementing, that you're changing, and you don't forewarn people of what's coming. And I mean, granted, you had a, several discussions with smaller uh, focus groups of scouters and whatever, and you came up to came up with some consensus on what the new policy should be or the procedure should be, and you're feeling really good. And you're like, yeah, I, I think we've got the going to hit the nail on the head with this one. There won't be any ambiguity. It'll be nice and spelled out, and you release it, and half of the the uh, organization, the membership team goes, what? <laughs> you know, the, the leadership team goes, what? Yeah. This isn't what? right. Just, this doesn't make any sense. Who did you talk to? You know, it's written, you know, who wrote, who e he even wrote up the procedure, right? Like, is it is it somebody that has experience with the organization or is it just some bureaucrat or uh, uh, someone from an insurance company that decided based on the information gathered from focus group questions this is how we're going to word a, uh, a thing that makes things better so yeah I and I mean I, I guess I have some concerns like around the insurance <laughs> side of it right because mm -hmm. it's so much more paperwork it's yep. so much easier in some respects for some little detail to just get missed. And then, you know, like I would hate to see a situation arise where because of that, then now somebody isn't actually covered by scouting insurance when before mm -hmm. they might've been. Yeah. And like, I, I, I have some concerns around that. For yeah. Sure. Oh, well, I, I worry at sometimes this is all just about creating so much granularity that, uh, yeah, it's like the, the situations in which something like scouting insurance uh, coverage would obtain, um, you know, becomes like just so, ex so excruciatingly narrow. Mm -hmm. I, I, I worry, but at yeah. the same time, like I, I, uh, I understand the, the desire I, for more safety. I understand I the desire for, it's nice to spell out the common sense stuff yes, because and I, we've seen common sense not being very common. No. And I, and I understand too, right. like the need to clarify. I've, had so many of those moments over the years, mm -hmm. you know, trying to look at an activity that I want to do and figuring out, okay, am I actually within policy or not? Right. And the policy is just like age appropriate activities. And I'm like, okay, but what are those? Yeah. Well, give me some <laughs> you know, examples. Give uh, me something. Yeah. Or it's like, you can use knives in an age appropriate way. Okay. But an example, like something, yeah. anything. Right. Yeah. So I like in, I I both like and worry about the increased granularity. I do. Hmm. Um, anyways, I do have a shout out though. Ah, excellent. Actually, we got a letter. Ooh. Yes. Like an email letter or like yeah, a like letter letter? Like, well, like, like an email letter. Did we don't it come have in a, the mail? We don't have a P.O. box. Oh, well. If we, we get, get a P.O. box. Maybe we should get one and go old school. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, oh. people could send us badges. Yeah, there you go. Mm. I'll think about it. 
<clears throat> At any rate, um, no, email mm. from a gentleman by the name of Scouter Chris from the First Powell River Group. Oh. <clears throat> who I think I mentioned in a Scouting 5. Maybe. At any rate, not, not Chris by name, but the, the Powell River group, perhaps. Mm. But at any rate, yep. he writes, Hi, Scouters Ken and Colin. I just wanted to send you guys a note from the West Coast to say thank you for your podcast. It's really helped me get back into scouting after an almost 30-year hiatus. I was a cub and a scout back in the 80s. Things have changed over the years. Ah, uh-huh. mm. yes. And how. A handful of parents, myself included, are currently working to get First Powell River Scouting revived after the group went dormant almost two years ago. Hmm. We're hoping to have our first colony and pack meetings next month. Your podcast has really been great to listen to as it has helped fill in some of the gaps in my understanding. All the scouters are either completely new or have only a few years experience with uh, other groups. Mm -hmm. And provides some helpful tips and pitfalls to avoid. Mostly, though, we're all very enthusiastic about getting this group going again. And it's really great to hear you guys talk about scouting stuff. Keep up the great work. Yours in scouting. Chris, First Powell River Scouts. Oh, thank you for the... The nice letter. Yeah. So that is that is genuinely awesome. And you know what? I actually do just quickly want to look and see if I mentioned the Powell River group before because that name is sticking in my head. Hmm. And uh, okay, fine. The app could also quit and die and that would be less good. But uh, yay, know. technology. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, technology. Wait, mm. what? Wasn't I just saying I like technology? Yeah. I must have been crazy. <laughs> The ringtail, if you're listening, that's your cue. Yeah. Crazy. I was crazy once. Okay. Powell River. No results found, but I could have swore I mentioned the group. Not important right now. At any rate, really awesome to hear, Chris, that you are in the process of reviving your group, and we wish you all the best in that. Yes. Um, And, you know, yeah, hopefully you're able to get some meetings off the ground. April, I mean, I tend to think of April as late in the scouting year, yeah. but then that's just been our group's approach to it traditionally wow. is that we do like the September to yeah. late April, early May thing. And then we've yeah, either we not done any programming or like now, now I've or finally very... managed to coax some summer programming out of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, in addition to like camps, like we actually do hold some summer meetings. Yeah. But uh, like if you're able, Chris, to put together a program like just beginning with April and then just running all the way through summer and then keeping it yep. going into September and beyond yep. then all power to you and yeah you know let us know how that goes I would be genuinely curious to hear some follow up mm-hmm. um once you've had a few meetings under your belt and I uh <clears throat> as noted at the start of the episode um I am in the habit of wherever I go Mm-hmm. Um, because work does send me places occasionally, but wherever I go, I usually do try and look up scouting groups in the area, see mm-hmm. if I can meet up with them. So, uh, I guess if I ever have anything to do out in Powell river, um, you go out to the West coast periodically. Well, Powell river is a little out of the way for me, yeah. like for where I would usually go. Mm. But you know what? Like if, if there's anything in the area that uses an industrial control system that needs a cybersecurity audit. Yeah. Why uh, not? <laughs> give my office a call. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I can come and see you. So at any rate, no, that's awesome. It's great to have more scouting groups starting up. That is cool. And especially like to hear stories of it getting rebuilt in an area. That's excellent. So shout out to Chris and the first Powell River. Good luck guys. Yeah. And girls. 
And of course, as always, a big thank you to the folks at Scouting Radio for rebroadcasting our episodes to their worldwide scouting audience. If you're listening to us on Scouting Radio right now, um, well, first, consider subscribing. Yes. Yes. We like, we like to be visible. Exactly. Um, but also, do let us know, reach out, and get in touch. We would love to hear from you. How does one do that, Scouter Ken? Well, like Chris from the first Paul River Scouts, you can send us an email, scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com. Um, mm, quite successfully, I might add. Yes, indeed. Uh, you'll probably end up on an episode. Mm. Unless you like specifically say, hey, we don't want to be on an episode, I suppose. <laughs> then then I can just read your message and smile. Share it with Colin. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can also reach us on Twitter at SSYSK Podcast. Instagram, uh... Scouting Stuff Podcast. We're uh, Scouting Stuff Podcast on Instagram. We're facebook.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast. And you can also go to scoutingstuffpodcast.com. Via Facebook, you can, of course, send us messages. Via Twitter, you can send us direct messages. Instagram also has direct messaging, actually. And via both the website and Facebook, you can leave us voice messages right in your browser window up to a minute in duration. And, of course, you're always welcome to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you happen to get your podcasts if they have some sort of review mechanism. Mm. Um, Make sure to review. Yeah. Do do go out mm. and leave us a review. We, uh, we like that feedback as well. All right. Well, I think that wraps this one up. And uh, so thank you all out there for listening. And until next time, be prepared.